0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, welcome in to Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. Today's episode of Locked on Orioles is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Well, happy draft day to Orioles fans as the O's have pick number two here on Wednesday night. If you're listening to this as it comes out and a lot of signs pointing to the Orioles taking Austin Martin out of Vanderbilt, but still a lot of options in play for the O's in round number one tonight. So today we will finish off our series looking at really the five college players who the Orioles are most likely to potentially take with the number two pick in the draft. And that final name is the Texas A&M left-handed pitcher Asa Lacey. Lacey, who looks to be the top pitcher off the board most mock drafts have him going number three overall to the Marlins. But if the Orioles do want to take a pitcher with their first pick in the first round tonight, do not be surprised if that pick would be Asa Lacey. little background on Lacey. He came to Texas A&M in 2018 after he was drafted out of high school in the 31st round by the Indians back in 2017 out of Tyvee High School in Texas, but decided to sign with A&M instead, he was a reliever in 2018, a 2.75 ERA in 39 innings that year, and he struck out 11 batters per nine. But then was moved to the rotation fully in 2019. Did make two starts as a freshman, but 15 starts in 2019 for Texas A&M, and he was the ace of that Aggie staff in 2019. The 15 starts, two complete games, and in 89 innings, he had a 2.13 ERA and he was striking out over 13 batters per nine innings. This year in the shortened season, he made four starts, and he was basically unhittable in his junior season for a In those four starts, he went 24 innings, allowed just two earned runs in four starts, and just nine hits. That's a .75 ERA. And again, 24 innings, 46 strikeouts, and just eight walks. For the left-hander, that's over 17 Ks per nine. He was almost averaging two strikeouts per inning in those four starts this season. And he was dynamite this year. And they came against pretty good competition. It's not like he was playing uh, some cupcake opponents at the beginning of the year. The four starts came against Miami, Army, Illinois, and New Mexico State. That's four teams that have all been to the NCAA tournament within the last two or three seasons. So that was four really good teams. He started out the season with six innings, one run, eight strikeouts against Miami. Then he faced Army on February 21st. Five innings, 14 strikeouts. All but one of his outs in that game came via the strikeout. So he allowed one run over five innings. Then he faced Illinois, went six scoreless in that one, struck out 11, and then in his final start, of the year against New Mexico State. Seven no-hit innings in that one. He struck out 13 batters and walked two. Did come out of the game, wasn't able to finish his own no-hitter. His bullpen gave it up a bit as AM won the game 8-3. But he was fantastic against that great New Mexico State offense with, of course, Nick Gonzalez, who's going to be a top-five pick right in the middle of that lineup. So today to tell us a little bit more about Asa Lacey, we're going to be joined by Mason McRae on the pod, and he's going to tell us about Asa, but also about the draft in general. Mason is an MLB draft and college baseball writer for Prospects365.com, and Mason has been covering this year's draft really for the past year um, and put out his final mock draft on monday which does have the orioles taking austin martin at number two but he does tell us about asa lacy we also talk about what the orioles could do at pick number 30 remember the orioles have two picks on wednesday night they have the number two overall pick and then they have the first pick in the competitive balance a round that's pick number 30 now remember the houston astros got their first round pick taken away because of their sign stealing scandal so the Orioles get that first compensation round pick, and because it's the 30th pick in a normal year, it's like having another first round pick. So we talk about what the Orioles could do with that pick, and we talk about some under the radar guys who could go in the later rounds on Thursday night and who he likes and who the Orioles could possibly pick up there. So here's our conversation about Asa Lacey and then the draft as a whole with Mason McCrae of Prospects365.com. So uh, we, we've been previewing the five or six guys who we think the Orioles could take with the number two pick uh, in Wednesday's draft. And the last guy we wanted to get to uh, is the Texas A&M left-hander Asa Lacey, uh, who looks like he will be the number one pitcher off the board on Wednesday. And you know, my first question to you is, what from what you've seen and what, what scouts have talked about um, makes him the number one pitcher off the board this year?
1: Uh, it's definitely going to be Ace and Lacy. I don't think it's a question at this point. The question is whether or not he goes second, third, or fourth. And I think it's likely the, the original first two of those three. So, uh, like Emerson Hancock's kind of been in the mix, and at this point, it uh, I think he's got a mile ahead of Meyer and Hancock for the top pitcher. Depending on who you ask, it kind of defers. Obviously, somebody like me has Hancock and Meyer both ahead.
0: Now for for Ace Lacey obviously he's a guy who um like Hancock is is pitching in the SEC facing some of the best competition um including Austin Martin. um does does him being a left-hander here help him at all and I know is it the strikeout stuff that that helps him as well
1: Oh for sure being left-handed is huge I mean you look at the league numbers I feel like I I saw a graphic the other day from a velocity from left-handed pitchers in the MLB, and it was like the average fastball is 91 miles an hour. And Lacy's already sits 93, 95, touching 98 at time from the left side. And he might have the best fastball slider combo in the class. And he's got two pitches that people think are above average to plus in his changeup and curveball, which, uh, I mean, he's got four pitches that some believe are the best in the class. Uh, the strikeout stuff is clearly there. His fastball and slider probably could get seventy grades on the twenty eighty scale. And uh I I actually believe a slider might be the best in the class aside from Max Mayer.
0: And now in your mock draft, I'm I'm looking at it here, you've got four pitchers um going in the top ten. You talked about Max Meyer, uh Hancock, Lacey, and then Reed Detmer is the lefty out of Louisville. Is this you know, a, a pitcher-laden draft at the top here where it looks like there there could be four aces to be had? Because I've seen a lot of mock drafts with these guys going in the top 10, but, but always in the same exact order.
1: Yeah, I think the most of the guys with all the analytics we have nowadays are kind of tied into organizations that covet the specific traits that they possess. And uh, I think of the four, at least three have ace potential, whether that's ace or lacy potential being much higher than something like Detmer's. Uh I, I don't think Detmier's has ace potential. I think he's likely a two or three or four. He's kind of got a high floor, low ceiling. But uh, I think uh, the four of them, I think all of them go in at least the top 11. And I think three could go in the top six, depending on what Toronto does at five. That's kind of the the trickle down for the four pitchers,
0: and and for Ace Lacy, you know he he is the top pitcher that most people have and, and that you have going in the mock draft. And I think you know around Orioles people, the thought is if they do take an arm, it would be him over a guy like Hancock or Meyer. Um, but but is the the thought basically that you know the Orioles may take him, um, but that there's pretty much no way he would get past number three, that that if he's there for the Marlins, they'd pretty much scoop him up?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, earlier on, like uh, beginning of May, it seemed that the names circling Baltimore were Martin and Lacey, and those two are it. And Lacey was kind of the cost-effective sign that was rumored then. And as we've gotten closer, it seems like Nick Gonzalez has kind of now been the more prominent option if they wanted to save money. And now Asa Lacey seems more likely to go out. Even Zach Dean could go before him at the second pick, obviously, right now. But uh, the Orioles, uh, the uh, runner at a prospect 365 mentioned this. uh, They covet kind of vertical movement on fastball. And uh, Lacey's got some of the best numbers on his fastball for that. got really good vertical carry. And uh, that's something that has kind of helped him in discussions with Baltimore. And we know the GM for the Orioles, Ellis, loves saving money at the top half. And he's one of the few GMs that cut a deal first overall, and it actually worked out.
0: Yeah, And there's been talk, you know, would that happen again uh, with this second pick? And you mentioned a guy like Nick Gonzalez, who's been thrown around. But, But the Orioles at number two, you know, for a while, it looked like Martin would be the number one guy. And the Orioles might go Torkelson. Or Lacy, but but over the last few months, uh, Spencer Torkelson has kind of found himself in the number one spot. So you have Austin Martin, uh, the Vanderbilt infielder, and, and a guy who could play the outfield as well in at number two. Um, do, do you think that's kind of the the safest bet or the the most likely choice for the Orioles on Wednesday night?
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. I actually have Martin first on my board ahead of Spencer Torkelson, and I, getting him at second would be an absolute scenario for them, I'd assume. But uh, uh, his agent is Scott Boris, so that's going to play a big factor into it. And with somebody like Nick Gonzalez, who, depending on who you ask, some people think he's a better overall player and a better hitter. And it's not like Austin Martin's light years ahead of Gonzalez defensively. So uh, I-, I perfectly understand someone's point of view where they think the gap from Gonzalez to Martin is more than enough to save possibly one million and a half, two million million, $2 million, which would play into the 30th pick.
0: Yeah, and that's the, the one other question about the Orioles. Would they save that money? Um, would it be, you know, do you think teams are more likely to do it in a shortened draft or, or less likely to try and get somebody under slot early with, with this, you know, completely different format with the draft being shrinked from, from 40 rounds to five?
1: I think all bets are off right now and we, they could, every team could try and right now it seems like everyone's going to be underslogged in the first round, to be honest. That's basically what, what's been said, but uh, I would not be shocked if somebody like Bitsko, Kelly, maybe even Abel fell into the the sandwich round or even a second round because of the demographic being so volatile and the fact that money's kind of shorthanded right now with the obvious situation but uh usually you see teams kind of spend heavy in a sandwich round second round and overslot prep guys that are falling that's kind of what you see every year and uh, this year it's uh, like i I already said it's kind of we don't really know what happens and uh, there's so much less available out to the public because of the shortened spring And uh, scouts aren't even, uh, boards are still changing as we speak, and the draft is in basically 24 hours.
0: Hey, back to the interview in just a sec, but wanted to tell you about Built Bars. They're tasty, and they're healthy. It's a protein bar, but it tastes like a candy bar. You can get it in 16 different flavors. Uh, They're all covered in chocolate, easy to eat, and good for you as well. Uh, Great for a health-conscious person. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, just 20 grams of protein in, for example, the peanut butter brownie bar, which uh, that's the best flavor combination right there. Peanut butter brownie, you can't beat that one. Just 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams of net carbs. You can't beat that in a protein bar that's good for you, and it really tastes good as well. So you can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand that is in the warehouse or that that store happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com, a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Yeah, it's definitely, it's going to be interesting. You know, the, the sandwich round, the competitive balance round A, where the Orioles are in, you know, an interesting position because they have that top competitive balance pick, but because the Astros had to forfeit their pick at the end of the first round, the Orioles will have the 30th pick, which in every other year would basically be an extra first round pick that the Orioles have this year. So I know you put out your mock draft and you've mocked the first round up through the 29th pick with the Dodgers, but are there a couple names who you think could, could maybe fall out? I know you mentioned a couple guys already, but a a couple key names who could maybe fall out um, that the Orioles would be able to scoop up and maybe get a little bit of a steal and maybe have some more money to spend on them there at number 30.
1: Yeah, I think it's, Two of the prep arms I already mentioned, uh, Nick Bitsco and Jared Kelly, those are two guys that could definitely fall into them. Prominently uh, Nick Bitsco actually, just because his signing bonus is much tougher to kind of gauge right now. But uh, I actually had Ed Howard going 24th. But in the, uh, the writing underneath, I mentioned that I don't know if Tampa likes him at 24 or 37. They have two picks on day one. And uh, if Howard's available at 30, uh, he's another guy that how can you not – kind of show some interest in he's the top prep shortstop in the class and i think fangraphs or pipeline has him in like their top 10 so there's clearly talent there but uh some guys like alex santos he's a prep arm he could be there for slot there's a couple of guys that they might consider there for slot value that have really good spin data Margavin hentz is another guy Uh, carson tucker is a, a shortstop from arizona that scouts actually got to see a lot of compared to most people because of the the summer or the spring in uh, Arizona being much more earlier. So uh, Tucker, I don't know if he makes it to 30, but that's another guy they'd have to consider.
0: One of the guys you mentioned right there, I wanted to ask you a a follow-up about is Alex Santos. I saw you tweet about him a couple of times, how I think a lot of people have him as kind of an early second round guy. You have him in the mock going 29th to the Dodgers. Now, Santos, a guy I've personally followed um, a bit because if he does not sign, he'll be heading to my alma mater, um, University of Maryland. But a lot of signs pointing to, obviously, if he goes in the first round signing. Why do you think, you know, others have him in the second, whereas you have him in the first? And, and what can he project to be as a, as a high school righty?
1: Uh, he's massive. He's got really long limbs. He's kind of projectable. He's like your traditional high school pitching prospect. He has two pitches with a really good spin and a curveball and fastball. And, uh, him going 29th to the Dodgers is more or less of uncertainty around the pick. It's 29th overall Uh, in a regular draft. You probably wouldn't know who's there. And, uh, this year, even more so it's, it's impossible to really guess, but I had somebody tell me that Santos could be the 10th, 11th, 12th prep guy off the board. So there's really interest in him. And with the way everything's going nowadays and analytics coming into play, he's got some of the best in the class and uh, his spin numbers on his fastball are really good.
0: And so after that, one more thing, but before we let you go, obviously the Orioles with that competitive, competitive balance pick, they'll have six picks, they'll have, pick at 39 as well and then throughout the rest of the five rounds on Thursday is there anyone who's you know not not in your mock draft here maybe not somebody who you think will go right away um, in the competitive balance round or in the second round who's a little deeper in this draft um, who you think any team could really get a steal or maybe a couple guys who you've noticed that might go later but could be uh, good pickups for some teams
1: yeah, for sure. Uh, Alejandro Rosario is probably the guy I think is going to be the biggest deal. He's undersized. I believe he's only 5'10, 190, but he's 93, 94. He's got plus control, plus command. Got a splitter actually with really low spin, which is kind of the purpose of the pitch. And it's probably an above average pitch, and it could just keep on getting better. He might have my favorite uh, arm actions in the entire class. It's just really quick, really whippy. He's body moves well kind of low maintenance delivery low effort creates his velocity easy uses his lower half he's definitely somebody that i think can kind of put to bed the the sub six foot pitching debate and uh that's just why somebody i think like him could is just a steal because of the fact that teams are undermining his height he's probably my favorite guy to watch the next day and somebody in a similar boat Jerry jones who I believe is only six two two fifteen is uh, somebody that's also in play because of his height. Though he's kind of obviously like three inches bigger than Rosario, but he also has a, a plus slider that's really good. And if you watch him, he's basically like Marcus Stroman on the mound. He's got really really good lower half usage, and he, he's really athletic. He kind of dissects hitter was with his lower half and shimmy's mid pitch. I don't know what you like to call, it, but I'll just call it a shimmy. But uh, he's somebody I would like to. To see at the back half of the first day, that's how good he is. And uh, to go aside from the pitching side, because I I feel like every year there's pitchers that are falling because of their high school side. But uh, somebody like Drew Romo could be a steal. His demographic kind of makes me question himself because he's a glove first prep catcher with average hitting skills, but he's advanced strength wise for his age. But uh, I think if it all clicks for him, he's a gold glove lover catcher with, uh, with the possibility to be like an 85 to 95 way to run creative plus type of hitter, which is is pretty good for the catching position, which I believe is like an average way to run creative plus of 90 from all 30 st- from all 30 starting catchers. So Romo could be someone else that could be good. And I'll just name off some more guys. Petey Halpin is somebody I like. Uh, Mark Evan Hentz, I already mentioned him, is somebody I really like. Harold Cole's kind of been all over Twitter because of uh the team that promotes him. He's really he's got some downs defensively. I think there's a lot of guys that are going to go lower in the draft from the prep side that could be special.
0: It's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out with the 5 rounds instead of the 40 and and it kind of being, you know, much more of a of a free for all basically after the draft ends with the free agents and the college seniors as well. But Mason, thank you so much um for taking some time today to talk a little Asa Lacey and, and talk what the Orioles could do, especially at that uh at that number 30 pick, because it's it's gonna be interesting for them because it's almost like they get an extra first round pick this year. But again, Mason, thank you so much and hope you're staying safe and enjoy the draft the next two
1: nights. Thank you for having me on.
0: So again, our thanks to Mason McCray of Prospects365.com for joining us on the pod to talk a little Asa Lacy and a little MLB draft stuff in general here on the day of round one of the 2020 MLB draft. It was interesting to hear him talk about Asa Lacy, kind of the deeper stats on him and why he has skyrocketed above guys like Emerson Hancock um, and guys like Reed Detmers and Max Meyer, who we talked about the other pitchers who could go in the top 10, and Lacey really has, has really solidified himself as the top pitcher to go in the draft, and it really does look like if the Orioles don't take him, he's not going to slip by the Marlins at number three and should be the number one pitcher off the board, but if the Orioles do want to add another pitcher, I mean, Lacey was so, so good as a sophomore and as a junior this year, maybe the most impressive college pitcher over the last two seasons Um, and it would not be a bad pick at all to go with the left-hander but as Mason talked about him and a lot of other draft experts have Austin Martin ranked as their top player on the board and even though that is the case most people see the Tigers taking Spencer Torkelson and have Martin falling to number two to the Orioles so even though it would take probably the full slot value and maybe a little more to get Martin to sign for what he's worth and the Orioles may not be able to save any money with him at number 2. I don't think it's the year to to try and be cute and and try and save some money and go under slot. I think Austin Martin could be a star and is one of the best players to come out of Vanderbilt. Um, and if you remember back last week when we talked with Max Hers, one of the voices of Vanderbilt baseball, we asked him, you know, with all these Vanderbilt guys coming out of the draft of the last five years you know where does austin martin stack up and he said he thinks martin is the most talented guy out of all those guys and of course that includes guys like dansby swanson who did go number one in the draft and has carved out a pretty good mlb career so far uh out of vanderbilt And of course dansby swanson with the atlanta braves So it looks like the Orioles will go Austin Martin, but you never know. There's still some other names on the board, and it was good to get some other names in your head about what the Orioles could do at number 30, number 39, and then later in the draft as well. So remember, the draft is tonight, Wednesday night, 7 p.m. You can watch it on MLB Network or on ESPN. The Orioles will have this number two overall pick, and then they will also be picking at number thirty in the first pick of the competitive balance round A. So they will have two picks on Wednesday night, number 2 and number 30. And then on Thursday night, rounds 2 through 5 will start at 5 p.m. Eastern time. That will be shown on MOB Network and ESPN2 on Thursday night. The Orioles will have the second pick of the night at number 39, and we'll have every subsequent second pick of each round in rounds 2 through 5, as the draft has been cut from 40. To five rounds this year and then as soon as that draft ends pretty much everyone else is going to be a free agent uh, the signing bonus cap though is twenty thousand dollars for each of those guys uh, it'll be a tough time for college seniors you're not going to see a lot of college seniors get drafted um, a lot of them are going to be signing after the draft uh, for less than than some of them would have gotten if there were a regular draft but it's going to be interesting for a lot of these high school guys who don't get drafted and then these college juniors who don't get drafted, whether or not they would sign for that 20000 or either go to school or go back to school and then try and come out when there's a, a regular draft in the next couple of years and, and get drafted higher um, and make some more money in that signing bonus. But it will be interesting to see how it plays out with this much shorter draft, but All in all, this definitely does not benefit the players coming out in the draft this year uh, to go from 40 to five rounds. Last thing on the episode today, I remember we told you earlier in the week about it, the Locked On Podcast Network um, is going to match donations from all of our hosts to any donations going to causes, organizations, supporting Black Lives Matter and specifically the Locked On Podcast Network will be donating those matched funds to Black Lives Matter, to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund and to Campaign Zero. Um, If you want to learn more about those organizations, you can go to our Locked On Podcast Network website and we'll be donating here as hosts on the podcast network. But if you also want to donate and we encourage you to do so, you can head to our website. You can hit us up on Twitter at Locked on Orioles um, or me at Connor Newcomb underscore. Let us know where you're donating. If you've found some other great places um, to send money to support the cause, you can let us know as well. We will try to incorporate that into our podcast network-wide donations here over the next couple of weeks, but a good thing that the podcast network is doing to match all donations from the podcast hosts going to Black Lives Matter. And pretty much across the board, all the hosts, not just in the MLB shows, but all the way across the board, have agreed to donate our June paychecks as well to different Black Lives Matter causes as well and get those matched by the network. So remember draft tonight, and then we'll be back later in the week on Friday to do a little draft recap episode. Go through all six picks the Orioles have, and then in the coming weeks, uh, we're going to break down each one of those players. But until then, this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you like what you're hearing, remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening right now. Give us a rating and a review. It really helps out the pod a lot. And when you're done with this episode, maybe next up, tell your smart device to play the latest episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.